Paolo Ugetti, last year was almost a dream season for USC quarterback Caleb Williams. He led the Trojans to an 8-1 and conference record, established himself as the most electric quarterback in the nation, and he won the Heisman Trophy. But I say almost a dream season because of the way it ended. And so can you pinpoint a moment for me when it all turned? I think you'd have to look back at the Pac-12 championship game where USC looked to be in control in the first half of that game. They looked to be on their way to a conference title, on their way to possibly a playoff bird for the first time in school history. And Caleb gets injured. Allison Williams, how's Caleb Williams? Well, one other thing to keep an eye on with him, he seems to be limping a little bit as you watch him walking on the sidelines. It looks like something with his left leg. He's just, his walk is a little off. We know how effective he is scrambling, that mobility is such a big part of his game. See if it impacts that at all from your guys' Yeah, you can see it, Allison, as he's walking on the field. I saw it on that last series. He pops his hamstring, right? And, and that changes the whole dynamic of that entire game. He goes on to throw one of his very few interceptions. Williams throws that direction, and it's intercepted. Picked off by R.J. Hubert for Utah. The fourth interception thrown all year by Caleb Williams. Utah comes back basically from 14 points down to beat USC very comfortably. Cam Rising and Utah have won the Pac-12 for the second year in a row. And is this just the beginning of carnage in the college football playoff this weekend? And the whole season for USC kind of falls apart right there, right? Caleb wins the Heisman, but he doesn't have what he really wants, which is that Pac-12 championship and that playoff chance. Given the success that they had last year, it sets up this year in a way where there's more expectation, there's more hype around this team. And, and this is kind of the year where Caleb Williams last year, right? They're, they're gonna go and do what they wanted to do from the get-go, why they brought Lincoln Riley there, which is win conference championships, win the last Pac-12 championship, and then possibly make it to the college football playoff. The top five spots of the preseason college football ranking are controlled by the SEC and Big Ten, the two conferences that have become magnets for conference realignment. But right below them at number six is USC, the storied program playing in one final Pac-12 season and still seeking its first ever berth in the college football playoff. So today, with USC getting an early start to the 2023 campaign tomorrow night against San Jose State, Paolo Ugetti tells us how last year's Heisman winner, Caleb Williams, is preparing for the Trojans' most anticipated season in a generation, whether this team has found a solution for its Achilles heel of the defense, and why this may be the program's last good shot at a conference title. I'm Emily Kaplan. It's Friday, August 25th. This is ESPN Daily.
passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, last college football season, you joined this very show to give the full backstory on Caleb Williams. It was excellent. We'll link to that episode in the description so people can check it out. I recommend they do. But since then, I mean, this team has been on a ride. Some major things have happened to the USC program. So let's just get a recap of their dramatic 2022 season. What were some of the main beats on this journey? I think it starts with just the sheer gravity of the arrival of Lincoln Riley, right? He comes in, immediately starts moving things around, bringing new people in, bringing transfers in. Players suddenly want to come and play for USC, which has always been the case, but it definitely took on a different level. They get off to a good start, you know, they, they're, they're starting to win games. Caleb Williams, really, at this point, he's starting to play the way that people will see later on. I remember the first game of the season, he had a couple of those plays where he scrambles out of the pocket and extends the play. Williams, it's a good job to bounce. How about that? How about that throw to die right on the money to die? You're like, okay, this guy is different. You know, he's dangerous with his feet. Keeps it again. They don't lose a game for a bit until they get to Utah. They go to what's always been an issue for them, a night game in Salt Lake City. And Utah, after being down pretty much the whole game, comes back in the fourth quarter and beats them on a two-point conversion. Rising up the middle. He's in! Utah leads! sets them back, but it also pushes them forward. It gives them that momentum to get back to the Pac-12 championship game and get another chance at Utah. They weren't shy about it. They want they want another shot at Utah. And throughout this, Caleb is really turning into the best player in college football. And I think that game against Notre Dame, where he pretty much did everything under the sun to impress those who were watching, pretty much clinched the Heisman for him. Williams has time against the four-man rush. Backpedaling, scanning, now running out of time. Circling back. Joystick on the move again. Are you kidding me? Caleb Williams dancing, cutting, mesmerizing run by the quarterback. Finally dragged down at the 20. It's a highlight reel. And then eventually, of course, they meet Utah again and they can't beat him. Caleb Williams gets injured. They go to a New Year's Six Bowl game. And that's what really exposes their true weakness, which was their defense. Against Tulane in the Cotton Bowl, they're up by 15 in the fourth quarter, and they squander the lead. They're not, not even Caleb Williams is able to really save them there. One chance for Caleb Williams. 
They're going to try a bunch of laterals here. Not advancing the ball a whole lot. And that might be it. It's over. Toy wins. And, and, and that leaves the season on a sour note, right? They turn it around, 11 wins. But suddenly they're staring at two straight losses and nothing to show for it. When you say he does everything under the sun that you want a quarterback to do, can you describe a little bit more of what that looks like? Like, how would you describe the experience of watching this guy play when he's so locked in? Yeah, it's pretty compelling. I mean, you kind of always have to keep an eye on him, right? There's never a play that is going to be dead until, you know, the whistle truly blows. Like, that's a cliche that people say, cliche that coaches use. But for him, it was really the case. I mean, you talk to players. You talk to running backs, wide receivers, offensive linemen, and they say, we kind of have to play really to the end because you don't know what he's doing back there. You don't know where he's turning. You don't know where he's going. You don't know where he's scrambling. And just a four-man rush here, but oh. they get home. Williams gets away. Oh. Caleb Williams making Sun Devils miss all over the place. And he, he may be the toughest quarterback in the country to bring down. Ridiculous. And if you're a receiver, he's going to find you, even if the play seems broken. Williams, backpedaling, trying to escape again, still a little live. And now Sprinson fires downfield, and the catch is made by Mario Williams, and they convert the third and 20. Wow! And I think that was kind of the one mark the experience of watching him is he would just turn these plays into not just, you know, keep them alive, but then turn them into games. He's such a complete quarterback in the way not just he scrambles and he runs, but also what he passes, how he's accurate in the pocket and out of the pocket. And yeah, yeah, I think that was so evident throughout the season, but especially in that Notre Dame game. Second and five, Williams pats the ball and flips it high. Jones is the outlet man and Stutter steps all the way down to the two. They couldn't stop him, right? Notre Dame could throw the house at him, and he'd get around it, and he'd make a play. And it was kind of emblematic of his entire season and how successful he was in doing that. You know, you touched on the three losses. What was he like in those games? Yeah, I think uh, there was a combination there of, you know, Caleb and the offensive side of the ball would never say, oh, you know, we lost because of the defense, right? But I think uh, the struggles were clearly on the outside of the ball, and I think... They lost some high-scoring games where Caleb Williams still did his thing. And, you know, maybe there was one play that if he would have gotten it, you know, it would have changed the game. You know, in that first Utah game, they had a drive to possibly win the game after Utah took the lead. And he wasn't able to engineer it, you know. But then again, against Oregon State, he was able to engineer a game-winning drive. So there was a dynamic with him where he did everything he could. And then when he was asked to do it one more time, maybe that's when... There were some, you know, shortcomings, but it's hard to play them given the season that he had. Now, I'm kind of fascinated by Caleb Williams off the field. He seems really composed when he meets with the media. Another thing about him is he paints his nails as a way to express himself. Like, what does that say about him? And were there some other ways that Caleb Williams stands out to you when he's not throwing a football? This is kind of a theory that I've posted to a few people on the, on the USC beat, and I, I am... I feel like it's pretty pretty accurate. I, he, I think he's our first Gen Z quarterback. Nice. In, in, in just the way that he carries himself, the way that he does things, the way he even posts on Instagram, I would say. Like, just even down to that. And, and, and again, none of these, I think, are, are negative things. I think they're just very specific to him and 
to his generation, right? And then, you know, the manicures and painting of the, the nails. His mom is a nail tech. From the start of the season, we saw him painting things on his nail. First, it was USC logos, and it was, you know, the Stanford tree and sort of putting it on his middle finger. Or a few games, he put the National Suicide Hotline number on there. Uh, and then toward the end of the season, he kind of just reverted to using an expletive and then wherever team, whichever team they were playing, putting it on his nail. So he definitely got a little uh, a little spice here with, with the nail art as the season went along. I think that all kind of, you know, coalesces together to give this picture of, of a guy who clearly cares about things outside of football, but also does a really good job of when it is football to really focus on that. And his teammates have talked a lot about that. But yeah, I think he... You know, he spent this offseason going to Paris Fashion Week and he's been on GQ and he's gone to the Cannes Film Festival. You know, he's he's definitely out there and trying to do things outside of football. I think you see him around campus and he's he's wearing, you know, designer stuff or, or wearing these, you know, cool clothes. And so I think there's, there's definitely something to him outside of football that uh, makes him pretty compelling as well. But turning back to what we can expect this season, obviously USC fans are hoping that Caleb Williams still has a way to level up along with their team. But the rest of college football fans have keen interest in him as well as a prospect at the next level. Now, Caleb told our colleague Pete Thamel this week that he's going to make a decision on whether or not he'll enter the NFL draft at the end of the year. But it's still widely expected that that's what he's going to do. So right now, Paolo, what is the NFL draft buzz around Caleb Williams? I think it's pretty pretty clear, right? I think he's the presumptuous number one pick. I mean, there's some chatter about Drake May as well, but there was a lot of talk during the NFL draft. You know, if Caleb Williams had come out this year, he'd probably be the first quarterback picked. And I think there was a lot of hype around him. There's been a lot of those Patrick Mahomes comparisons. He's not truly shied away from them, you know? I think he said last year at one point, oh yeah, I watched Patrick Mahomes pull off this play and I thought, oh, I could do that too. Everybody watches Patrick and sees all the cool things he can do. And obviously it's special, but I don't think there's anything that I can't do that he's doing out there. So there's definitely some similar similarities in the way they play. Uh, I think there's it's hard to see the hype getting any bigger, but it probably will be if he has a season like he did last year. Is there anything NFL evaluators are looking for him to improve on? Anything he can add to his game? Well, I think if you listen to Lincoln Riley, he'll tell you that. Caleb has 15 things to improve on, right? He's only been playing a year and a half of college football. There's so much more he can do. If you were to kind of pinpoint one thing, it's one of his greatest skills is also what could put him in the greatest danger, right? The fact that he can extend plays and he doesn't really slide as much as he probably should. He doesn't throw them all away as much as he should. And he's talked about that. He said, you know, I, I know there's times where I can be more wise and careful with the ball, whether it's throwing it away or choosing when to not try to extend the play, not just safety, but, you know, could end up in an interception, right? So I think everything really almost, pretty much almost everything went right for him last year in terms of those plays and what he was able to do with them. But, you know, that can very quickly start to shift. So I think that's something where he knows he's got to improve on and that will be something that NFL teams will definitely be looking for. You know, you said it. He's entering the season with this feeling of unfinished business from things he wasn't able to do in 2022. With all of that in mind and an entire offseason to prepare, just how good can this kid be? Yeah, that's the question, right? It's hard to see him top a Heisman-winning season, but at the same time, like Riley said, he's only been in this system for a year and a half, right? There's been players who have been there longer, and there's certainly, you know, higher ceiling for him to to get to. I think 
he can probably be more accurate. I would, he would tell you he could probably be more productive. And I think really overall, if you were to ask him, I think he'd say, you know, wanting to win, right? I think that's the, the bad taste that was left in their, in their mouth last year was losing not just the Pacto Championship, but also the bowl game. And I think they want to make sure that, you know, he could have slightly worse stats next year, but if they end up winning the conference championship and getting to the playoff, I think they'll consider that a successful season and a better one than last year. said some things that are going to scare a lot of opposing defenses. So after the break, look at the rest of the Trojans roster and if they're ready to take a leap in 2023. Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Delicious. Meet nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, well, the good news is not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. So, Paolo, Caleb Williams obviously headlines USC, but they're led by Coach Lincoln Riley, who was at Oklahoma for five successful seasons, helping two other Heisman winners, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray Blossom. Now, Riley bolted for USC last season, where he faced the challenge of bringing this program back to prominence. Now, Riley faces a new challenge. How do you describe the situation the coach and USC enter for 2023? It's a very, I would say, it's stressful one, right? Because you turn around a season that was 4-8 and eight and turn it into an 11-1 season and you immediately raise the expectations. But at the same time, there was so much there that they acknowledged could be better. And, and the big part of that is the defense, right? I think if we were to pinpoint anything that truly held them back last year, it was the defense, which was one of the worst in college football. And, you know, they're not they're not shy about admitting that. They're, they all know that it was not up to standards. And, you know, on some level, it was understandable. They had to rehaul an entire team. They brought in transfers. They tried to kind of patch it all together. But this season, I think the hype is really centered around the fact that the not just that Caleb Williams is back, but the defense should improve. And they were able to add many pieces to be able to help that defense and really turn themselves into more of a complete team, which they'll need to. 
So what does revamping that side of the ball look like? I'm sure there's definitely new personnel coming in, new schemes as well. Yeah, they've been kind of tight-lipped on the scheme part of it all. But from the get-go, they started bringing in transfers. And I think that's another big part of this USC team as a whole. When Riley first came in, he talked about how he wanted to prioritize eventually high school recruiting, and he's doing that. But they're still having to rely pretty pretty big on transfers. Last year, they brought in 20 transfers, this year 15. And most of them this year defensively. You know, they brought in Keon Bars, a defensive lineman from Arizona, Jonathan Lucas, a defensive lineman from Texas A&M, and a couple other players on defense, Bray Alexander from Georgia, to really kind of revamp that that side of the ball and really, you know, make sure that it elevates to a level that they uh, that they need it to be. And I think that's something where they've really put their whole resources lost. There's obviously a lot of focus on that side of the ball and there will be a lot of eyes come Saturday in terms of what can they do. They did lose a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball as well. A couple of players bolting for the NFL. How did they reload around Caleb Williams? Did they get any help from the transfer portal there? Yeah, they pretty much, that's kind of the, the new nature of USC under Riley, right? They pretty much went and got the best available wide receiver in the Pac-12, which was Arizona with Dorian Singer to more or less replace the departure of Jordan Addison, who went to the NFL. Travis Dye, also another key running back last year that was a transfer. And this year they went and got uh, Marshawn Lloyd from South Carolina to help round out that running backs room. But both of those rooms were just so deep with players, whether it's New freshmen coming in, the guys were still around, and then these transfers that have added, you know, a level of competition that they've all been raving about. The offensive line, too, as well. They got some some transfers and, and, and really rounded out that line and moved some players around. They've done a good job of really making sure that Caleb has all the resources he needs to, you know, replicate or improve upon what was last season. Well, the talent begins at quarterback. Caleb Williams won the Heisman Trophy, which has been handed out to 87 players. Only one of them has ever won it twice, and that was Archie Griffin back in 1974 and 1975. So where are you placing the odds this year of Caleb Williams joining that rarefied air? I think it's got to be similar to last year with Bryce Young, right? I think there's, you know, there's there's a good shot because of talent that was around Bryce and that Alabama team. I think USC has that same kind of dynamic, but I, it's so hard to win the Heisman twice. You have to to go above and beyond what Caleb did last year would mean one of the better seasons ever in terms of a quarterback. Uh, so I think it'll be tough to do. I think he'll have a shot and he'll be considered one of the, you know, on the short list for one of the favorites. But I think this year it will have, deter, it will have to rely a little bit more on team success than last year, right? I think if he has similar stats... But USC, once again, doesn't win the Pac-12 championship. It doesn't make it to the playoff. I think inevitably that will factor in as well to how the voters look at different candidates. And Paolo, this is a really big season for USC because it's their last in the Pac-12 before moving to the Big Ten. You know, being around the team, talking to the players and coaches, what have they said about the significance of that for the program? Yeah, I don't know if any of them would admit to this, but there's definitely a finality of gravity to this season, not because, not just because it's the last Pac-12 season, but, but right, you're right, it's the last time they're going to play Utah, the last time they're going to play some other teams as well. Once we get to those games, whereas when, once we get to the last Stanford game or the last Utah game, there will be some, some of that reminiscing and some of that, you know, looking back. Yeah. 
it might also be the last best chance they have to win a conference title and to get to the college football playoff. Things will be much harder in the Big Ten for them. Caleb Williams will be gone. So there's certainly a, a sense of urgency, I would say, to this team going into the season because of the expectations, because it's the last Pac-12 title and they want to win it. Hello, thank you so much for your reporting, um, for being on this journey, and we're looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. Thanks for having me. I'm Emily Kaplan. This has been ESPN Daily. Our show is produced by Bradford Craig, Alexander Hyacinth, Mike Johns, Heather Lombardo, Ryan Lantel, Mike Philbrick, Andres Soto, Andy Tennant, and Aaron Bale. Special thanks this week to Deontay Epps and Jackson Agello. I'll talk to you on Monday.